This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. It's good to be with y'all this morning. We are in Genesis chapter 25 and we're at the end of Genesis chapter 25. We're, uh, we're going to finish it this week and finish it today. I'm excited about that. I hope you are too. Let's start with Genesis chapter 25. This is a very important story. It is a, a story of Esau giving up his birthright. And uh, it has so many very superficial understandings and then so many deep understandings. And you just, just no way to tell between the two. And when I say no way to tell between the two, they run so easily together. And some of the ideas you can understand on a very superficial level, but when you dig deep, deep within your own self and your own understanding of God's word and your own understanding of how you do things, you realize that maybe these superficial issues are really just uh, really just deep issues that you may have in your own personal life. And I want to talk about those. He says, now Jacob cooked a stew. Notice Jacob is cooking stew. He's making something to eat. And Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. He was tired. He was hungry. He was tired and hungry. And nowadays in our modern culture, we we call that hangry. He was angry. He was tired. He was hungry. He wanted something to eat. And it says, Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. And the stew was sort of red stew. I have no idea what it was. It could have been Brunswick stew. I know that's red. I doubt it was Brunswick stew, but it could have been. It could have been any kind of red stew. And if all actuality, because he had red hair, and because of this story, and this is a very pinnacle story in Scripture, because of this story, he is called Edom, which is the word for red. And his and the people after him, his children and his generations to follow, are the Edomites. And uh, they are an issue for the children of Israel, and uh, they're a problem. And they're a problem starting out with this story. And this story is the problem. It says, and Edom, Esau, Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with the same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. And verse 31 says this, But Jacob said, and notice Jacob is a, is, he's a sneaky person. He's a, he's, his name means a deceiver or thief and liar. So we know he, he's always trying to find an angle. And you know when you are that type of person and when you've acted that way, trying to always find an advantage in a situation, always trying to find where you can come out better than maybe you ought to in a situation. And that's exactly what Jacob is doing. And there's no way to deny that. In fact, that's the whole issue that God has with Jacob is that Jacob is, he's always working the angles. He's always trying to figure out how he can get the advantage in a situation. And he is doing that with his brother and apparently had been doing it his whole life. That's who he was. He was always trying to 
find his way into the situation and find his way to get his very best out of it. Now, is there anything wrong with finding the best for you? It, it is wrong when you are not placing others and their interests in line with God's word. And God clearly says that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And what does that mean? That means that we're not to we're not to put ourselves in a position where we're we're placing ourselves above above others. Now you could say well, that's just not how the world works. That's how the spiritual world works. And let me tell you something: the spiritual world is what created the physical world. And if you want to understand walking in the blessings of God, you've got to walk as Jesus did. And Jesus gave himself up. He didn't try to find an advantage. He gave himself up for the life of all others, not just others, but all others. And so understanding that's, that is the heart and the nature of God, you have to understand that trying to find an angle for your own best interest is not the character of God. It is the character of the enemy. And it has always been the character of the enemy. And uh, when we act that way, we're not going to find God's best. We are not going to get God's best out of it. Now, that being said, that's uh, Jacob's character flaw. Esau's character flaw is that he is always into the momentary. He has no, uh, no eyes that look toward the eternal, that look toward the long term, that consider the actions of the moment. I often say that he has no self-awareness about somebody. And what that means is they have no awareness about what they're doing in the moment and how that affects others around them and how it affects their life to come. The lack of self-awareness in a person can be highly destructive and can ultimately end in a person missing out on everything that God has for them in this life. And it is a character trait that I see all too often in believers, and I see it a lot in those that are close and personal to me in my life. I see it all the time. A person has no self-awareness as to how their actions are affecting others because all they care about is the momentary issue that they're dealing with in that second that they're dealing with it. And they don't know how others are seeing them and how their actions are affecting others. And here's the bad part. They don't care. They don't care how that works. And if you bring it up, oftentimes they'll say, that they'll act as if that's no big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal how you treat others. It's, it's a big deal. I'm a laugher and a joker. I love to joke and I love to have fun and I love to laugh at things. And, I, and it's, it's always been my nature. It's always been the way I am. But I have to make sure that my momentary enjoyment of a situation is not hurting somebody else's feelings. It's not okay for me to allow 20, 30 other people to have a moment of joy at the expense of someone else who it's really destructive to. And that's not okay. And at times in my life, I can do that and not even realize it. And I've had to, I've had to become more and more self-aware. And by the way, the older you get, and the more God gives you as far as who you are in his kingdom and who you are to others, the more that happens, the more self-aware you need to be. Because the smallest of actions can have the largest of results, and that's in both directions. That's not just in one direction. Small smile, a hand up in the middle of the worst day of someone's life 
can have profound effect for them for the future. It can build the kingdom in a way that you don't even realize. See, the small trusting of God and acting upon his, his direction, acting upon his will, can make huge differences. And the more influence that you have, the more you have actually been doing that and been taking care of other people and been caring for their interests, the more that you've been doing that, the greater effect that it has the greater effect that it has on those around you and the willingness to look around you and see the people that may not be at your stature in life is important and you if you've accomplished a lot and you've become a lot and you've acquired a lot and you're still a person who cares about everyone around you not just the people that can do something for you and by the way the greatest treasure in life is to do for those who could never ever really do anything for you. That's real true self-sacrifice and that's true, truly where life is and has none of that. He has absolutely none of that and that's why he, lo he loses the best just to get the good. Now listen, he's not giving up everything when he gives up this. He is giving up something of great importance. He's given up his birthright. He's given up his right to be the direct line of the promises of God. Now, he's not going to be out of the promises of God. He's going to get a portion of his father's inheritance. He's not going to miss out on all of it. That's not how the law worked. That's not how they worked in their inheritance. The oldest didn't get everything and everybody else get nothing. That's not how it worked. Like I said before, in this situation, there are two children. That means there would have been three portions of his father's inheritance or his father's best and the oldest or the one with the birthright would have gotten two of the three or two-thirds of the inheritance and Esau would have gotten a third if he gives it up here and he does so Esau should have gotten two-thirds of his father's inheritance and he only got one-third he should have been the line of the promise and he gave up that position and he gave up that position for momentary benefit or for momentary pleasure. And listen, that's easy to do. It's not something that that we should just say, man, that was just a huge mistake. He should have known not to do that. He shouldn't say this. There's lots of times in life that we give up something very important as far as relationships, something very important as far as who we are in somebody else's eyes, just so that we can momentarily benefit from the situation we find ourselves in. And that happens more times in your life than you really realize it. How many times, how many times if you'd have stayed silent, if you'd have been patient, if you'd have waited, the truth is that likely would have given his brother some of that stew anyway, or that he would have been able to have some stew within the hour, within the moment. But he wanted it right then and right there, and he was willing to give up everything to get it. And uh, if he had not been that type of person, he would have not missed out on God's best just to have something that was good for the moment. And that's a spiritual principle that's superficial and can be very Never give up the best for the good. Never allow the good to overcome the best just because the good is more easily available at the moment. Never let that happen in your life. Never let that happen in your life. Be patient and wait for the best, if, even if the good is right there before you. Now, if it's absolutely necessary, ultimate haste, that you do the good 
and the best may not be there in time and it's absolutely necessary to do the good then do the good but always leave open an opportunity for the best to arrive because God is always desiring to give you the best and so why would we waste and why would we set apart time that that we could wait and receive way more than we could ever imagine and that's what God's best is it's way more than we could ever imagine and Esau said look I'm about to die so what is my birthright to me? That is, oh, for me, it just makes me want to, it just, I don't have an answer for that. You're, he's not about to, it's emotionalism at the moment. It's a disturbance for the second. And he's given up everything. He's given up, not everything, but he's given up way more than he should just so that he can have right now and he goes i'm about to die he is not about to how many times i'm a big old boy i like to eat how many times have i thought man i'm starving to death and i know people if i ever say that to somebody I, even though i've lost 50 pounds recently if i even if i walk in the room right now and said i am starving to death i'm about to die everybody in the room is going to look at me and go you got at least two months of not eating before you even get close to not dying to dying and so I know that's the case, and I know that Esau was not going to starve to death in that moment. He might thirst to death in that day. If he couldn't breathe, he might suffocate in the next four, five, six minutes, but he's not going to starve to death in that moment. He's not emaciated, and he may feel like he is, but the feelings of the moment shouldn't overcome the wisdom of the eternal. It should never, ever do that. It should never, ever do that. Just because you feel a certain way does not mean that that's accurate. Your feelings lie to you. Have you ever noticed that? Your feelings lie to you. I feel really sad. I feel like things are not going my way. And then you look around and you realize things are really going your way. I really have nothing to complain about. Oftentimes somebody will say, how you doing? I'm, I say, I'm doing okay today. The truth is there's not many days where I'm not just doing absolutely fabulous. Just be honest with you, there's not. Compared to the lives that I'm trying to help and trying to deal with around me, most days I'm doing absolutely fabulous. I got nothing to complain about. In fact, I got absolutely nothing to complain about. And the truth is, if you look around, the truth is you have nothing to complain about. Absolutely nothing to complain about. You're, the issues of the moment and your feelings about the issues of the moment are likely not a big deal. Now, are there sometimes that those issues develop and you got a problem? Absolutely. And maybe it's a huge problem. Maybe it's a problem with your children. Maybe it's a child problem with a family member. Absolutely. But the real question is, is it necessary to give up everything for that situation? And the likelihood is it's not necessary. Your feelings overemphasize things. Your feelings lie to you. And you need to know that. And you need to realize that and you need to walk in that. And so when you're feeling a certain way, and that feeling may be panic or fear or doubt or anxiousness, all these feelings that we, we need to put them in light of Scripture, and we need to sit back before we make a decision based off of fear, based off of panic, based off of some issue that we don't have all the information on, we don't have all the knowledge of. Whenever we make a decision based off of that, we usually make the wrong decision. Don't do that. 
wait. Give it a second. Give it a moment. You know how it is. When somebody sends you a text and it upsets you, let the emotion of the second pass away before you answer. You don't have to answer immediately. They don't have to have your answer in the moment, in the hour. Give it a second. Let God speak to your heart. Let God give you some insight. And the truth is, sometimes some things don't ever have to be responded to. And look, if you're Jacob here, you don't take your brother's birthright for a bowl of soup. You don't do that. It's going to cause him all kinds of issues to come, years of issues to come, because he wants to find the angle. And Esau is feeling hungry, and he's feeling emaciated, and he's tired, and he wants to be feeling better in the moment. And you know what? Sometimes feeling better in the moment is not what God wants for us. Sometimes God wants to teach us in the moment and allow him the opportunity to teach it, to teach you. It says, so then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. He sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. And then he ate and drank and arose and he went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. What that means is he despised God's best because he was unwilling to wait for a second and a moment and allow God to provide for him rather than giving up everything or most everything, giving up the very best just so he could be taken care of in the moment. We say, uh, we, we quote Benjamin Franklin, oftentimes the people that uh, are willing to give up liberty for a little bit of security will eventually have neither. And I can say this, that's coming from this spiritual truth. That idea that Ben Franklin quotes is an idea that comes from scripture. Those who give up God's very best just to have something in the moment, generally speaking, not have what they gave the very best for too long. A fool and his money are soon departed. The Bible teaches us that. What that means is that if you're a foolish and you're willing to do whatever it takes to have money, the truth is you won't have it for very long. And if you'll notice those around you who are that way, don't have it for very long. And so I would say to you today that you need to evaluate what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. And is what you're doing God's plan for you or is what you're doing or is what you're doing just based off of the emotions of the hour and the moment? And if they are, don't do it. Wait. Be patient. Have long suffering. Allow God to give you that idea, that understanding, that allow God to take care of the situation. Allow God to be God in the moment, and you be his servant waiting on his will to be revealed. If you'll do that, I promise you, oftentimes God will step in and God will solve the situation in a way you didn't imagine that he would, in a way that is powerful and wonderful for you. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.